the Kansas City Royals bring back Zach Grinky and also make a trade for Amir Garrett. What do these moves mean? There's also rumors that they might bring in Frankie Montas. Are the Royals actually going to compete in 2022? The prodigal son returns so much to get to on today's Lockdown Royals podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Royals podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Royals. And on today's show, we're going to dive into the Royals actually making moves, actually improving their team and signing Zach Grinke to a one-year deal, trading for Amir Garrett and how the trade shakes out for the future of the Royals and also being involved in rumors to trade for Frankie Montas, a huge upgrade to the rotation that would be. And we're going to wrap up news and notes from the first couple of days of spring training. So a lot to get to today. Uh, this Lockdown Royals podcast is on Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. We're going to have you a podcast Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then this weekend. We're also going to recap on Saturday the Rangers game on Sunday. We're going to recap uh, the, the Sunday game of spring training. And then on Monday, we're back in season. We're back five days a week from here on out through the winter meetings. It's going to be all locked on Royals all the time. Baseball's back. The Royals are back. And they make a very interesting signing here. So the Royals go out there and they sign Zach Greinke. But before that, they trade for Mike. Um, they trade Mike Miner away for Amir Garrett. So the Royals trade away 34-year-old Mike Miner for 29-year-old Amir Garrett. The Royals save uh, a ton of money in this deal, $8 million. Garrett is a left-handed reliever that's just a fireballer. He's not a free agent until 2024. Miner, a free agent in 2023. Miner's ERA last year was a 5-ERA, an 8-12 record, 28 starts, 158 innings, uh, had 3.6 strikeouts to walk. Garrett last year uh, struggled a bit last year. Six ERA, 47 innings, uh, two sub ERA seasons, though. One sub three ERA season in the last three years, taking back to 2019. So Garrett has had success on the mound. And in this move, you trade a veteran rotational arm for a veteran bullpen arm. And I think Mike Miner as a starter is to Garrett as a bullpen arm. I think that this is kind of like a wash, if anything. To where, sure, you give up Mike Miner, but his quality and value in the rotation matches that of Garrett's value in the bullpen, if not Garrett value going higher because he's recently had a ton of success and can get back to that, uh, hopefully, easily in Kansas City. I think that this move makes a lot of sense. You have a much, you know, kind of, you have a much deeper need in the bullpen than you do in the starting rotation, so you just swap these two guys out. And you get Amir Garrett, who brings that edge to the, to the clubhouse. Now, obviously, 
none of us are on the inside of the clubhouse. And this is going to be the first year since COVID started that the reporters will get to be back in the locker room and get to kind of see a little bit of the vibes in the clubhouse. But from the outside looking in, it appears that the Royals have been kind of soft these last couple of years. I mean, they've been complacent. I didn't really care if they're, you know, winning or losing. I mean, last year they started with the best record in baseball and they still have a home, a ho-hum attitude and just go out there and suck for the next two months and are the worst team in baseball for the next two months. Better leadership in that scenario probably allows you to ride that wave, ride that hot streak for a lot longer and probably have a much better season last year. I think that Garrett brings that swagger and edge. And I think that as Garrett gets into spring training today and he's already having his first kind of warm-up session and, and, and practice session with the Royals today uh, as this deal got made in the morning, as Garrett gets into spring training and kind of sees the young talent that this Royals team has and sees the potential, right? Because you can easily talk yourself into this team competing. Now, granted, while you're talking yourself into this team competing, you're saying a lot of if. If Bobby Witt Jr. hits the ground running and it's just an amazing player out of the gate. If Nicky Lopez can duplicate last year's success. If Salvador Perez can continue to be an elite hitter. If Wood Merrifield continues to be Wood Merrifield. If you get a bounce back from Santana or Dozier. If Montessi can stay healthy. There's a lot of ifs in that process. If this young pitching staff figures it out, this young rotation, this, these young prospects that you've been counting on and that have been the, the foundation of your rebuild, if they can pan out this year. A lot of ifs, but if those ifs pan out, then this becomes a really good team. And so Garrett being in spring training, watching these question marks unfold, I think that he can install a lot of confidence into a young team and a lot of swagger into a young team. Thinking back to the way that Royal Banyas woke up the 2014, you know, 2013, 14, 15 Royals of like, hey, you guys are actually good. Like record-wise, whatever, you guys are actually really good ball players. And that kind of turned the corner for that young group and eventually led to two postseason runs and, and two World Series appearances and a World Series win. Now, will they get to the World Series when it was finished? No. But a wake-up call from Garrett of like, hey, I've been around the, the league, I've been around the big leagues, and this group has talent enough to win, especially in expanded postseason. Can it get you over the hump and compete? I think it can. I think that there's a way that Garrett's clubhouse energy and not going to be pushed around and bullied by any team, as you saw him have those brawls uh, over his career in Cincinnati, having that edge back in the clubhouse, I think can only be good for the Royals. The Royals need somebody to stir the pot and, and, and to, to stir things up. They need somebody uh, that will hold them accountable, right? And will, you know, mix it up in the clubhouse to where it's not all on Matheny and it's not all on Whit Merrifield. It's not all on, he just brings a different leadership style, you could say to the Royals and what the Royals do have already. So that's a plus. And again, at worst, I think it's a wash at worst. I think that you got the same value of Mike Miner in the bullpen versus the rotation. And you have more rotational arms that you can throw out there and want to see what they look like in the rotation, like a co-arm, like a Lynch, like a singer, like a, a like a Hernandez. You have more of those guys than you do bullpen arms. And, and so I think that you can easily convince yourself of this being a good move. Plus you save money in the process. And with that saved money, They've already gone out and spent some of it by getting Zach Grinky back in Kansas City. That's right. The best Royals pitcher of my lifetime is back in Kansas City. What does this mean for this season? What does this mean for the future? Will he go into the Hall of Fame as a Royal? All of that and more coming up on today's Lockdown Royals podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. 
It's your teams every day. Today's show is brought to you by Mission Possible. Are you ready to discover your purpose and leave an impact wherever you go? Mission Possible is written and read by New York Times bestselling author and athlete Tim Tebow. It encourages you to find your inspiration, pursue your purpose, and create a life for yourself that covers and ignites a new spark in your life throughout these new and inspirational listens by Mission Impossible by Tim Tebow. It's everywhere that audiobooks are sold. Again, it's an audiobook by Tim Tebow called Mission Possible. Go check it out anywhere audiobooks are sold. We are back on the Lockdown Royals podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. But more importantly, follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Royals for all of my uh, baseball opinions and takes and all that good stuff. So make sure you go check that out as well. And subscribe for free across all platforms so you never miss an episode. We're here for you every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Royals baseball. So make sure that you go check us out and subscribe for free across all platforms, including the new platform of YouTube. Go check us out there again, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then we're gonna have a recap show Saturday and Sunday of the first couple of spring training games. And then we're daily. We're back daily, Monday through Friday, from now until the end of the winter meetings. So make sure you subscribe for free. We're here for you every single day, talking Royals baseball. And for your second listen, go check out the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast hosted by Lindsey Crosby. A prospect encyclopedia. He goes deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available across all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. And now let's dive into the Royals. Let's dive into Zach Greinke. Drafted by the Royals, of course, with the sixth pick in the 2002 draft. A six-time All-Star, six-time Gold Glove winner, two-time Silver Slugger, two-time ERA title, and won a Cy Young in Kansas City. Signs a one-year deal worth $13 million dollars. The Royals save about $8.5 million in the trade with Mike Miner and Garrett, and they get this money into Grinky. So it's kind of like you trade Miner for Garrett and Grinky, and the combined value of Garrett plus Grinky, I think, outweighs the value of Mike Miner. Grinky last year had a 4.16 ERA, 29 starts, 171 innings, 1.170 e, uh, whip, I should say. Look, Grinky last year, as, even though he's closing in on you know 40 years old and he's uh, uh, you know way up there would have been your best starting pitcher last year it would have been your ace and so uh, this move can only be seen as good number one there is no such thing and i mean no such thing as a bad one-year deal there's no amount of money you can pay there's no amount of there's no player you can get there's never going to be a bad one-year deal because it's just money for one year on your books and then it goes away it doesn't matter. So one-year deals in general are great. The fact you get Zach Grinke back is great. Number one, it'll sell tickets. So that's great for the owners. Number two, like I said, it improves your team. I mean, the ERA, the, the way he pitched last year was better than anybody you have. And we'll see if that remains the case. Hopefully it does not. Hopefully you're, you're looking for a Singer, a Bubich, a Lynch, a Hernandez, a Coar to jump up there, leap up and break out this year. You know, they were young last year. That's why they, the numbers don't suggest they were good last year because they were so young. They were young. A Keller to bounce back. You know, that, that's what you're hoping for, that, that Grinky will not be raised. But right now he is. And you got him for one year. Uh, any amount of money is good. Plus the storyline of, hey, he's familiar. You want to saw young here. People love him here. And as he nears 40 years old, is this going to be the last year of his career? Will he sign another one-year deal with the Royals next year? 
And will he end his career in Kansas City? Because Zach Greinke should be a Hall of Famer. I mean, that shouldn't really be up for much debate. He should be a Hall of Famer. And will he go in as a Royal to the Hall of Fame? Now, of course, that's hard to answer. And Zach Greinke is a relatively private guy, I believe. I don't like, I don't foresee him making this a storyline all throughout the season. I don't think that he'll he'll decide one way or the other what cap he's going to wear in Cooperstown if he gets there. Uh, but it's just nice to see the two sides come back together and come full circle because Grinky was the the best player uh, that the Royals have had in my lifetime at the time. And he led the foundation with that trade to get the Royals to the World Series and win the World Series was the best the Royals have ever been in my lifetime. So just seeing it all come for it full circle and seeing it play out this way where maybe Zach Grinky can be another guy, another veteran, another arm that sets the Royals back on the right track and gets them close to the playoffs this year and then to the playoffs next year, you know, for the organization or even sneaks into the playoffs this year in general, because the expanded postseason aspect of it. And, you know, maybe the, the guardians fall off and trade, you know, Reyes and trade uh, Ramirez and trade all their good players and you overtake them. And then you stay pace with or pass the twins. And then you pass the tigers and then your second place in this central division. And you're looking around the AL and trying to find a spot in that wild card race as the A's sell off pieces, as the Orioles are still awful, right? As you go down here, you know, are are the Rangers ready to take that step? Are the angels ever going to take that step? A lot of question marks around the AL to where, you know, there's only a few teams that are locked in. I think you can lock in the white Sox to the playoffs. I think you can lock in the blue Jays and the Yankees to the playoffs. I think you can lock in the Rays to the playoffs, but the Rays, at some point, the shoe has to drop on the Rays. So the Rays are interesting, nonetheless. The Red Sox, what are they going to do moving forward? That AL East could just cannibalize itself. And then out West, I believe in the Astros are going to get there and win the division. The Mariners are spunky. I think that they're going to get there to the playoffs or at least be really, really close, if not there. And then the Rangers are going to be maybe one year away, but also they might get there this year. So like, there's a lot of teams that are competing for it, but not a lot of teams that are just dead locked in. You can make an argument for and against most of these teams in the AL, including the Kansas City Royals. So I think that signing Zach Grinke is great because he still has life in his arm, right? He still has the ability, and he's projected to have uh, the second lowest ERA in the team behind Brady Singer, according to fan graphs. He still has life in his arm. He still is going to go on this tour of closing out his career in front of the fans that kind of first loved him, so to say, in the MLB. And he's still a valuable player. Love this move all the way, all around. I want to talk about some rumors real quick because the, the Grinky signing is a no-brainer, great signing to lead that rotation and lead these young guys. Is he ready to take on a leadership, you know, a, a mentorship role? I don't want to put words in his mouth or act like this is a, for sure a fact, but you have to imagine the Royals were transparent with him and saying, "Look, we don't know what we're going to be. We could be really good. We could be really, really bad. Like this, this team again." We can make all the ifs, if this happens, if that happens. If they don't happen, this team could be a 72-win team. And so at the end of your career, you're signing up to be on a boomer bust team. That could be the worst team in baseball and could be a playoff team. And so with that spectrum being said, you have to imagine part of the pitch, part of signing Grinky was, look, for this to work out, you're going to have to take some of these young guys under your wing and teach these starters what it's like to be a big leaguer what it's like to be a starting pitcher. And he must have signed off on that. You can imagine anyway. But now let's move on to the to the rumor. So the rumor before the signing about Zach Renke was to trade for a starter 
Frankie Montas and that the Royals were in on him and one of the many teams interested in, in, in trading for him. Of course, the A's have uh, had a fire sale, trading Olsen, Chapman, uh, etc. Look, Montas is 22 years old. He's a free agent in 2024. Uh, he started 32 games last year, uh, and it will be high. He pitched 187 innings last year. He averages 175 innings for his career. Last year, he had a 3.37 ERA, and his career average is a 3.86 ERA. He would have ranked first on the Royals in terms of starters in the ERA department. Of course, minimum 20-game start. 20-game start because Dan Duffy was really good to start the year, but did not get to start 20 games for the Royals. They didn't even get a top-tier A-plus prospect for Matt Olson, so I'm not sure what it will cost them, what it will cost to get Montas in general. I should say not Matt Olson, not Matt Chapman. Matt Olson did get a ton of prospects in return. I would say Chapman there on the uh, cost. But in my opinion, if you keep Bobby Witt Jr. and you keep Nick Prado and you keep MJ Melendez, then what's the difference in going all in this year versus next offseason? Because he's under control for next year too. And are you going to go all in next year? And, and we keep kicking this can down the road. The Royals have said over and over again that 2022 is the year they want to start competing again. So if 2022 is the year and you make that Benatendi trade to get him under control for two years, and this is going to be the last year of his deal, you make that Benatendi trade. And now you get Green on a one-year deal and you trade for Amir Garrett and you're in the mix for Montas. There is no difference in trading for Montas now versus trying to find someone to trade for next offseason because are you going to find somebody next offseason that's better than Montas? And if it costs you prospects, it costs you prospects. If you can preserve... Bobby Witt Jr., Nick Prado, and MJ Melendez, then go do it. Then go do it. And let's see what this team is. Because there's always going to be a reason to kick the can down the road. There just simply is. It's baseball. There's always going to be a new prospect you don't want to get rid of. There's always going to be a new young player who you're scared of getting rid of because a small market team like the Royals can't re-sign Montas in two years. And you're always going to say, well, next year they can go out and get them. Next year they can go, go all in. If the opportunity is there and the A's like your package and your package does not include Bobby Witt Jr. or Nick Prado or MJ Melendez, then do it. I don't care that you just signed Zach Greinke. You need good starters, folks, and you don't have any. Look, they are young. You know, Brady Singer is young. Chris Bubich is young. Carlos Hernandez had a great end to his season last year and is very young, and I'm very excited for Carlos Hernandez. Jackson Kowar is still young but there's a chance that none of these guys are good. And yet we know for sure Frankie Montas is good. Now we'd love to live in a world where they're all great, where Brad Keller bounces back and singers, a Cy Young winner. Like I think, like I projected him to be two years ago. And Chris Bubich is going to be uh, fantastic from the left side. There's a world where all that happens. There's also a world where they all fail and where Brad Keller's a flash in the pan. He sucks. And where Brady Singer can't put it all together and where Chris Bubich can, can never really be more than just a third starter. And where Hernandez is a nice fifth starter, but nothing more. You can play this glass half full or glass half empty, but we know for sure Frankie Montas is good. So go get a good player. I'm never going to say don't go get good players. You should always go make your team the best you can make them, especially if you can preserve Bobby Witt Jr., Nick Prado, and Drew Lindez. Because, folks, the odds say one of Brad Keller... Brady Singer, Chris Bubich, Jackson Kowar, Chris Hern Carlos Hernandez, the odds say one or more of those guys will never pan out. So you supplement one of those failures with a guy like Frankie Montas that do not just pop up out of nowhere, right? You 
Frankie Montas's are, are not a dime a dozen. So yes, you go get him, especially considering he's still under team control and not a free agent until 2024. So if you're, if your idea is, well, let's just use this year as a foundational piece and then next year go all in, this is still an all in move for next year because he's still going to be there. So coming up, we'll talk about some spring training news and notes from the first couple of days at surprise, and then dive into what's to come on lockdown Royals tomorrow and Friday leading up to the first game of spring training for the Royals against the Rangers on Friday. But first, I want to say right now, but your friends over at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family-owned business serving you auto parts online for 20 years. That's right. 20 years ago, you probably could have gone to rockauto.com and finding all the parts your car would need. In fact, 20 years ago, it was never easier than it is right now. Folks, my favorite part about rockauto.com is that I know nothing about cars. I don't have to know anything about cars. All I have to know is my make, my model, my year. And they're going to show me car parts that are comparable with my vehicle and compatible with my vehicle. That way I'm not wasting time, effort, or money on parts I cannot use or parts I do not need. And I love the fact that I don't know anything about cars whenever I go to rockauto.com because it's a computer. It's a website. They don't know that I know nothing. Therefore, they're not going to upcharge me. If I walk into an auto parts store, they're going to see me and, and think I'm a sucker and try to sell me upcharged things because I don't know any better but not at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is going to help you out and save you money. Go there right now. They have amazing selection. We're lively low prices with parts of car that you need. Rockauto.com, tell them that Lockdown sent you. And anyhow, did you have this box? We are back on the Lockdown Royals podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. You can follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Royals. Thank you for making Lockdown Royals your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you. For your second listen, go check out Lockdown MLB. The Lockdown MLB podcast is hosted by Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call him Sully, and it brings you a unique perspective on Major League Baseball, past and present. It's free and available across all platforms. So make sure you go check out Lockdown MLB. So look, closing the book on Zach Grinke. He's going to be a starter. He's going to be in your rotation all year long. He's going to pitch as many innings as he possibly can. And that's part of why the Royals were able to get this reunion with Zach Greinke. So that's one starter tab gone. And again, you traded the starter tab in minor for Greinke and picked up mere gear in the process. In my opinion, you upgraded today. You got a lot better today. And there's still an option on the table for you to get even better and continue to get up the ladder and climb up the ladder towards that extra playoff spot. But let's talk about some news and notes from Surprise Arizona, from spring training. Uh, the kind of... News right now is that Bobby Witt Jr. is lining up at third, Montessi at short, Lopez at second, and then Santana at first. And that sparks the great Montessi versus Witt debate at shortstop. And we're going to spend many a days, including tomorrow, talking about this topic, so I don't want to beat it into the ground right now. But I can see both sides. Look, if Bobby Witt Jr. is going to be a a monumental, franchise-changing, franchise-altering player, and is going to be the best best player in Royals history, or at least in the last 30 years, then sure, you put him at shortstop and you figure everything else out, but you do not change what he's going to be. On the other hand, Mondesi plays at an all-star level whenever he's healthy. The problem is he's never healthy. But I did tell you last year that while I am pegged to be a pessimist by every person who listens to this podcast and leaves a review on iTunes, I see you, I do see you, Even I said last year, look, 
the encouraging part about last year was while Minasi keeps getting hurt, he's always he, he he played every stretch of that season at an all-star level. And that's hard to do. It's hard to start, stop, start, stop, start, stop in baseball and never miss a beat and continue to play at a high level. It's very, very hard, especially dealing with that side injury he had, that oblique injury he had. So that gives you hope that he's a legit all-star talent. How do you keep him on the field? How do you keep him healthy? And Dayton Moore, who is the opposite of a pessimist, he is uh, at times too family-friendly oriented, too uh, family-oriented, less business-oriented. He's too uh, optimistic about his squad at times, and that's been a detriment at times for the Royals in, in his tenure. Even he said last year at the end of the year, we can no longer count on Mondesi. He said that publicly. He said they can no longer count on Mondesi publicly. That's Dayton Moore, who has who does nothing but coddle players and nothing but say the, the proper thing in public. And even he said you can no longer count on Mondesi. So then why are you shifting around your number one overall prospect in baseball, your top guy, the most hyped guy you ever had, and this guy that can change your franchise's history and change your franchise's outlook for a guy who will play 10 games? I get both sides of it. We're going to talk about that topic tomorrow on tomorrow's show whenever we dive into the top spring training storylines to watch as we start to ramp into games this weekend. On Friday, we're going to have another roundup of rumors and news and notes and uh, what's happening at Surprise. And then, of course, Saturday, we're going to recap that Rangers game. And then Sunday, we'll recap the Sunday game. And Monday through Friday, we're back for daily podcasts for the Royals from now to the winter meetings. So make sure you subscribe for free across all platforms, including the platform of YouTube. And until tomorrow, be good. And be good to one another.